Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Nate, joined here by my wife, Michelle. Hello, everybody. And Pastor Jeremy. Hey there. How are you guys all today? Doing good. We finally got uh, we got our power back, so it wasn't running the generator. And I did not plan for the storm that we're having right now as we're recording. And so my generator was running off of fumes until the power came back. So that was nice. Mm. The Lord held on for me. That's great. Do you have a propane gen- generator? A pro- no, no, <laughs> no. Yes. So not literal, not literal fumes. Sorry for oh, the gotcha. confusion. Um, <laughs> How are you guys? No, yeah, good. I, I, I don't know where my brain was at, but this is obviously the largest storm we've had here on the seacoast all year. And again, I wasn't thinking about it at all. Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't well, really ready. Or the weather app, I kept checking, said it was just going to be rainy until 12 p.m. And uh, that was a lie. We've determined mm. that was a lie. And, well, all uh, the schools were canceling yesterday, so. Yeah, I just thought they were all weak. Someone knew something. My weather. <laughs> yeah. The only uh, the only good part was it got me out of going to the gym this morning. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Good excuse. Hallelujah. Um, yeah. This is a bit off subject from, from anything that we'll talk about today or, um, or the storm or anything. Um, and I hope people can hang with me on this conversation, but I heard a guy talking, um, over the weekend. And I don't know if you've ever heard any of this, some of it I heard before, but there was a guy that invented a car that runs on water. And I don't know what happened. Like he started to submit patents and stuff. And then he, um, he then he died suddenly, choking to death. And while he was choking to death, he told his brother, "I was poisoned." And then, obviously, the guy died, and no one has all the information to like how he built the car. Is all disappeared. So more recently, another guy invented a car that ran on water, and I forget his name, but he. And this is true. He died in the Buffalo <laughs> tragedy. I don't know why you're laughing. This is true. This is sad. Both Sorry, these things just, are true stories. He died in the oh, in the in the train in that, thing. In that recent Buffalo tragedy. Gotcha. Where they derailed it. Um, so Sorry, it's just such a random topic. I can't. Well, listen. Anyway, what the guy was saying is, he said, um, "What he said next was, I don't know who's listening to this." But my mother-in-law has invented a car that runs on water. I, now you I can laugh. Know. That's the appropriate place to laugh, Jerry. Anyway, that was the mother-in-law joke that I heard Sunday morning. That, <laughs> that you didn't share. And I was like, that I didn't share know. during the sermon. And that mom, if you're listening, it's not for real. <laughs> I didn't know it was that guy. It was him who said it. But way to laugh at the wrong time. <laughs> guy <sorry>. killed, murdered. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about when whenever you set up something, I can tell if it's random enough. 
not <laughs> that it's going to be, gonna be funny. So I, I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> tell me what the, what the funny is. Make yeah. the funny now. So, anyway. Sorry. That no happened problem. to me before. I got feedback once that I was telling a story while preaching that was sad, but I was smiling. So I, I just have that problem, I guess. Right. Well, that's a thing, right? Or people <laughs> smile when they're respond. sad. Or like people fall and get hurt and we all laugh. I remember, Jeremy, when you did that one funeral for that that difficult person and you started the funeral off with a big smile and said, what a wonderful day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> get out of here. Never happened. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful outside? <laughs> That's Happy good. We can all be here for this. Yeah. So, so we missed the, I, I asked you this before we recorded, but we missed the mother-in-law joke. You also skimmed past a pretty good, uh, a pretty good setup that you ran out of time for about spending time in a Tanzanian jail. I don't remember why that even came into um, the conversation. But we had a lot of experiences this mission trip that we never had before. So someone, we something got stolen from one of our team members while we were out to dinner. Yeah. And, um, and so our host recommended we go to the, to the, what do you call it? Police. The police department to, um, to report it. So we pull into the police department. It must be like 11.30 p.m. at night. It's like, it, it really, it is something out of out of a movie. It's <laughs> dimly lit by fluorescent lights. You have to go through a gate to get in it. Like, I mean, it is. So we end up waiting and then we have to go in and meet with the inspector, detective. I don't know what his title was. We walked past the holding cell and like all these guys are yelling stuff at me in Swahili. And then we were there. I I mean, I think it was two hours, but it felt like years. Um, And uh, till we finally ultimately convinced the police to let us leave because they were gonna probably make us spend the rest of our mission trip trying to find that phone. And we're like, Oh, it's okay. Thank you. And yeah, I got to witness, according to our standards, a little bit of police brutality. (laughs) Um, But I think there was par for the course there. The police hit the guy who was interrogating in the face. Like just clubbed him. So yeah, scary. it was just me and the inspector <laughs> and the guy getting interrogated in this one little tiny office, and I was like, "I want to leave." <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. They just like hit you, accuse you. You know, you yeah. think about though, like why? Why were they so adamant about it? But you actually you shared that statistic in your giving, um, kind of attached to your first point, right? Of how much the average um, guy in in Tanzania makes that phone is like an annual salary, right? Yeah. Like that's it's a big that would be a big deal to lose. So yeah. I guess it makes sense that they're like, no, no. For them, it was it. a little bit of tourism too, right? They want us to be there and to feel welcome in their country, right? And so the fact that someone stole against us, they're like, you're going to make these people never want to come back to Tanzania. And yeah. so it's like kind of national pride. 
So and then when me, we wanted to leave, they're like, you're going to say that the ten, that the police did nothing to help you. I'm like, oh, no, you've been amazing. <laughs> Please let us rem- go. Remember when you slapped that guy? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've done so much for me. Uh, that's awesome. I love those stories. Uh, just I remember why I told the story because everybody we got dropped off at the at the the police department and so everybody else from the team then were uh going back to the hotel so when we finally got back to the hotel everybody needed water and so that's when we sent the they sent them to go get water our our hosts and and then that's when i was talking with kasim and i realized he he might need another pair of sneakers yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So this was this was our last week of new, and this this is a big one. Like this to go through giving. I feel like that's a high pressure, and you even shared a lot in it. A high pressure sermon to preach. You don't want to come across the wrong way, um, which I think I think you did amazing on it. The way that you that you structured everything, how transparent you were was really good. Um, but you had mentioned you were, you were pretty nervous about this message leading up to like, what, what goes through your head as you're, as you're writing things like this, like, Oh man, I don't want to mess up these areas. Well, I like talking about giving. So it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like it or I'm afraid to do it. Like I really like to do it. And, um, and I always look forward to these messages. I told Michelle a bunch of reasons on Friday why I was nervous about it. And, and there's a few reasons. I don't know if I'll go into all of them. But we... Um, uh, one is I really couldn't get an outline that clicked. So change the way you think about giving. Um, I had I had the passage of scripture, Luke chapter 16, but I wasn't fully convinced that I was preaching it right. I don't want to mm. take scripture and manipulate it right. into my own agenda. So it wasn't until Saturday night that finally, as I just continued to study that passage, that I found another, that I found like some commentary and some study material that confirmed what what I was, where I wanted to go. And so then mm. that was a big relief come Saturday night. But yeah. then... Um, and I don't know if any of them listen to this podcast at this point and for our church, like to, I'll talk about it here, but to still be respectful and pretend like we didn't talk about it here. Um, but there was a church that closed mm. here in, in New Hampshire and there's a lot of money scandal and that just happened. Yeah. And so I'm going to get up and talk about giving and we've got a lot of those people. We have a bunch of people checking out our church at multiple locations right from that and it was like this is going to be the last thing they're going to want to hear coming out of my mouth from someone they <laughs> right. don't know right. and so i was feeling that big pressure definitely on sunday morning when i reached out to everybody to pray yeah i was like this is going to be bad like you know I, i'm trying to think of another example um that that would be an equivalent um, if 
the day after a nuclear bomb goes off, you go to church and the and the pastor's preaching about nuclear bombs. It'd be like, right. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Too yeah. soon. That is that is in poor taste. Yeah, we're not ready for that conversation. Right. So yeah, that no, was that was that big challenge. Like we got a bunch of injured people coming in, but this has been pre-scheduled. And it's what it's what our church needs. Like I can't just skip what our church is, church needs. Right. For, for anything else. So anyway, that was that was really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything to add in? Yeah, I can understand that pressure. I know that when I was sitting in the auditorium, I was like wondering, oh boy, I wonder how this is landing on all of the new people um, who really were, you know, hurt through that whole process. And I, I don't blame them. I think I probably would have felt the same way. Um, but I think for the most part, the response was pretty amazing. Of I think God knew I needed to hear this. So um, I think it landed really well because he, he used you as an example, which can be uncomfortable for us, but I think it's good for other people to see like, this is how I'm living my life. I'm not just saying it because I think it sounds good or I want the church to have money, but saying it because it will radically change who you are. Yeah. It's interesting that like, <clears throat> I don't know. You, you, you obviously you had to you had to protect that motive so much while you were preaching, like the whole like I'm not trying to brag, I'm not trying to brag, because because obviously like it could have come across that way very right. much. Like, well, I've given our family's given this and and all this stuff, but um, I I think the way you set it up, like it gave you not a prideful authority, but again, like this, like all right, yeah, he, he's gone through this, like, he's worked through working with it with his family, like, all these different things. Like, I think without that piece, which I don't know if that was, like, a last minute, like, I got to share. It was own. a last minute. I think Yeah, I that, wrote it down on my notes, like, during the run-through. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think that's, like, what clicked it so well. Like, that just made all of it like you could have gone anywhere. You could have really hammered on, on our own heart issues, all this other stuff, because you not in a prideful way. Like it felt like you really set up um, your authority in it. Like, no, I trust God with all of this in my own house. So let me what, challenge you. Like, yeah. I mean, for all the people listening, like how do I build any rapport? There is not a person who left that church that's going to want to come in here and listen to another guy with a similar last name talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, hey, I'm not trying to brag, but this is how we live our lives and just trying yeah. to give up. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to swindle you like you were swindled before. Yeah. So that, yeah, it, it's still, yeah, I like, I know Michelle gave me some stuff from Milton Link. There was some good feedback and a lot of conversation about it. No one in Dover talked to me about it. Um, so you just, you continue to be nervous until you see their <laughs> face again. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, yeah, I think I think you did a did a great job when um when you were going through uh, 
the the ways that people think about giving when you were like first maybe when you first got a job i know you've been a you've been a christian you both have been a christian pretty much your whole lives mm-hmm. but but was there was there anything about uh the negative ways you thought about giving or that you listed like that was the biggest struggle for you guys like when you started giving I don't know if that makes sense. You could. Yeah, I won't you can go first, Michelle. Out of this. Yeah. Did you ever think of any of those when you were? Hmm. I don't know. I haven't. And not to like sound prideful, I haven't really struggled too too much because um, my mom. I mean, she'd give us a dollar, and the first words out of her mouth was, "How much do you tithe?" And like, it was uh, just from four years old, how much do you tithe? And we'd have hard conversations when I was little, you know, so I kind of got those out. But um, I think I struggled to give beyond what God's called me, that 10%. I struggled there because I'm like, well, we don't have enough for, well, what if I need, you know, these things that, you know, I've always struggled with that growing up. I didn't always have, you know, maybe I always had everything I needed, but maybe not everything I wanted, which is probably a good way to get raised. Um, but you know, it's like you get older and you're like, Oh, I can buy a shirt or I can buy these things now. And so when God tells you to give, that was the hard thing for me. Oh, but I really want another cow or I want to put more fencing in (laughs) and right. It all comes back to me. Um, so being able to put that aside and say, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to. And I'm going to just trust that you're going to take care of the rest. Yeah, that's good. For me, that's it's good. like I, I won't have enough for myself. That's been that's been my challenge. Um I always I don't know what it is. I I've talked about this before, but it was a number of years ago. Like when I have bubble gum, and maybe because of how many siblings I had, but I always keep it hidden in secret. And I don't <laughs> like to share I don't like to share gum. You got a five pack of gum and you got two brothers and two sisters. And so then it's all gone. Right. Everybody took it. And so I always feel like that, like, why is he going to keep this for me and keep it hidden and keep it secret? Yeah. Um, because otherwise everybody's going to take it and I'll never have gotten to enjoy it. I, I had that thought on Sunday when you were telling the shoe story. I, Cause I remember when we were dating, you would, you would sneak out your bubble gum and then sneak it back in like I didn't see. <laughs> like, what the heck? We have pieces of bubble gum. And so like you come such a long way from hiding bubble gum to here's my shoes and socks. So it's just like funny. Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth. Asher and I, I bought him like a 180 piece package of gum for the trip for all the, our flights. I didn't, I think we only shared it one time oh, with no. everybody. It's still in there. I don't know what the heck it is I'm about bubble gum. Bubble gum and make you share every Sunday. It's immersion therapy. You just gotta get it. It's just it. gonna push them into it. That's I mean, like, honestly, that must be. I'll just walk around on Sundays like I'm offering communion, <laughs> but it'll be bubble gum <laughs> to work through it. You gotta That's do. Uh, you gotta go to tell your therapist. Like, I need to go back to why I can't share my bubble gum. I need to go back <laughs> to that lie. <laughs> yeah, what is that lie? Well, yeah, it it feels like yeah, the bubble gum, the bubble gum is the root of the of was the giving problem. So you are you've dived all the way back. It's all your your siblings stealing your bubble gum. 
It's yeah. so weird. I think, and you have a lot of siblings, right? You don't, you have to share. You don't always get maybe as much as your friends are getting because you can't afford to do that. Mm. So you hold on to it. But I'm a little, I'm a, in a lot of ways, I am compliant and quiet. So there was a lot of times where, I don't know if there's a lot of times, but there are times if, oh, we only had enough for four people. Sorry, Nate. And like, it's coming down from, from, okay. from my parents. And so uh, someone's got to go without Nate. You're the one. You won't fight. You can only get braces for four kids. Nate, you're on your own. You can only. Anyway, I cannot can only go so far in this. <laughs> <laughs> you're at the line. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I got to calm down here. That's fine. I think for for me, a lot of it was like I. I uh, I never plan out time for like asking God what he would want me to give. Like that's a hard to actually sit down and try and be a little more strategic than just like, oh, I don't know. Like I'll just give this like a random amount until I set up automated giving. I had the worst track record of tithing. It didn't feel like a hard issue. It just felt like, a ah, shoot, the last three weeks have just gone right, by. And, and I and I spent it, you know what I mean? Like, but I didn't care once I set it up automated, automated, like I haven't noticed since. But that makes kingdom builders always a struggle because the challenge is to pray with God, to ask like, God, what would you have me give? And that still is a discipline that I that I never work through. So that's that's a little bit more. I don't know. I never I like buying stuff for myself, but once the money's spent, I don't really get buyer's remorse or anything. So tithing, once it's automated, I love it. Well, it's the same for me, right? So automated giving, I have automated kingdom builders. We have automated yeah, kingdom good. builders that comes out monthly. And we have automated retirement that comes out, automated um, uh, healthcare that comes out. And I like that. I That's like nice. that it's just... It just comes out and then I click where it goes in our budgeting app and I don't have to remember to do it or get caught without it. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's why I've pre-bought all of like Valentine's gifts for the next 10 years. So it's already all <laughs> scheduled. So every time Michelle opens it, it's a surprise to me as well. You forgot. Ooh, what, what I get you. That's uh no, that's fantastic. Good job. I yeah, have a few noticed times this... it didn't work out. Like when I got our new landline phone, I'm like, oh shoot, technology <laughs> <Okay>. changed. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I did notice this is a total side note, but I for the past few weeks, you've been sending these videos to the leadership team to help develop us. You've been sending yep. like great values of the team. And Nate, five weeks in, I'm like, man, Nate's showing some real discipline sharing these. Like, he's always on it. Same day, same time <laughs> on it. And then you're in Africa, and 8 o'clock, a video came in. I went, oh, he's scheduled these. This, this morning, I came in, and I said, you're still sleeping? You just sent us a message on Slack. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, yes, you did. It came through at 8 a.m., and then it dawned on me this morning. I'm like, oh, whatever. 
<laughs> so yeah, it rings true for everything for you, Pastor Nate. But that's good. Yeah, you, I, you I cared have ahead of, of time. The pro- the problem with me is I have so many good intentions. If I did for people everything I thought I I wanted to do for them, <laughs> I would be the most loved man in America instead of <laughs> the instead of the position I have currently. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Way to not not give any of it away. Hey, people I think people well, that's not true either. So um the uh so I have to, I have to, I have to automate it. Um, even like giving Kasim socks. I, when I thought about it, I'm just like, I better do this now. And I yeah. packed up a bunch of socks and put it in my, in my, in my backpack when I thought of it. Otherwise, I mean, honestly, there's so many nice things that I wanted to do for people that I never did. Want me yeah. to go through all the nice things I was going to do for you? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. No, just put uh, them on your calendar and do them. Well, I've been trying to learn that, right? We've learned that from our coaches. Yeah. From from Chris Thompson a couple of years ago. And yeah. Our current coach is trying to automate I mean, the important, right? Schedule your date night. It's important. Like don't right. just wing it. Put it on the calendar. And that that ties in so well with this too, because like the longer you hold on to money without a plan for it, the more that money really becomes yours, like fully yours. Yeah. And so I know that's the thing that I do. Like once all the automated stuff goes through, then you kind of, you know, budget out your month, you know, you type in all the automated stuff and then it's like, all right, the rest is mine. What do I want to do with it? And so if you aren't planning to be, you know, to listen to God and to work through that stuff. Like it's just going to become your money. And now it's like, Oh God, why do, why do I have to give you my thousand dollars? Like that was mine. If I gave you, if I said, Hey Jeremy, can you hold on to this thousand dollars for me? I'll be back to get it. I just, I just can't carry it right now. You'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. No problem. And then like six or seven months later, you begin to think maybe he's not going to come back for the money. And then, uh, you know, probably a couple of months after that, you think like, oh, I bet you he's going to give me the money. And then you begin to think, if he gives me the money, this is what I'm going to do with it. And then say a year later, I come back and I say, hey, I'm sorry it took me so long. Can I have that thousand bucks? What would happen in your heart is you give it back. You'd be like, right. what a you jerk. Jerked. He didn't even I'm, give me a hundred bucks. And I never told you, like, I made no, I, you right. I never even made any, I just like, can you hold it for me? And I'll just pick it up from you later. And it, uh, at the very beginning, it's a hundred percent. But after a year, it's reluctant. It's a bit bitter. It's annoyed. Yeah. And for what? Because you begin to grow attached to something that wasn't yours. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so good. Hey, can, one thing that I said in the sermon, which was, um, which was something that my friend Jeremy Yancey, I heard him say before, but I was surprised at the response I got from it was when I talked about the church just wants your money. And people say that all the time. Yeah. And then I said, one thing I've never heard people say is Mohegan Sun just wants your money. <laughs> yeah, and that Dover was good. laughed. I don't know what it was like in Milton. Oh, yeah. No, we laughed. And then your face for so long. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, know. I haven't watched it. I think it was at that point you were making such a funny face, like mocking 
Mohegan Sun wanting our money. Right. Yeah. Like but that's it, all they do. It, I mean, it's a true, it's true. And we loved, I mean, not, I love, we don't love to go there. We've never gone there, but uh, people like, what, you know, what'd you do over the weekend? Oh, we went to Mohegan Sun and I lost 500 bucks, but it's okay. Right. Yeah. It's just people are <laughs> yeah. so excited that all Mohegan Sun wants is their money. But I, I can yeah. relate that to me in restaurants, you know? I like charge me whatever you want. If you cook for me, I'm happy. But a restaurant, right. at least you get something from it. That's true. Yeah. And a church, you do get something from a church, but yeah. But Someone said something. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, it's the exact opposite. Like, what Mohegan Sun is, is exactly what people like to act like churches are. Yeah. Mohegan Sun wants your money. So they tell you, if you give us your money, there's a chance you could double it. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to promise that maybe you're going to be really rewarded for this if you just give it. But it's like, that's what people think church is saying. Like, oh, you only want, you, you tell me I'll give, I'll get blessed. Like that's the whole thing. But you really just want my money. It's like, no, that's not really it. Yeah. It is interesting. And that's why, you know, a lot of things that, that we just say, God has something for us and there's a spiritual element that's trying to keep us from it. Yeah. And we do we just we just I don't know if we miss it or we want to miss it so we say Someone uh, I I forget it was at all staff last night someone said uh when it's not like you're driving in in a Mercedes and I said uh well what if it was a 2001? What if I can't <laughs> what if I bought a 2001 Mercedes? Is that still the problem? What if I you know, you know like if I buy a pickup truck and the pickup is brand new and it costs $95,000 or I buy a 2017 Mercedes for $27,000. I don't know. We had a weird thing about brand names because the truck is a Ford. Well, that comes, Mercedes. I feel like that comes into as well. The idea of um, you wanting to give like when you give, you still want the control of where your giving goes. Right. Like, yeah. I want to give to this church, but I do not want the pastors making this much a year. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that's not that's not really a good heart behind it. You know what I mean? Like, to still have an issue with the way we're living, like, obviously, there are red flags. Like, I get that. But right. there's still an, an ounce of, like, if they're mad at a type of car or preachers with sneakers, or which you don't. Say the you're, sneaker thing. You're one less, right? But, uh, uh, someone did give me money on Sunday to buy a new pair of sneakers. <laughs> it was very nice. Wow, that is awesome. Like uh, our closest uh, preacher in sneakers, I think, is is Stephen. He's got a good sneaker collection. Yeah, he's, he's got a stylish. He's got fancy, fancy style. Which is like there shouldn't really be anything wrong with that because you know what if you get the shoes on clearance and they're like twenty dollars. <laughs> The, right, it's the issue. We we miss we judge people according to their money, not but not and according to our lens, not according to a scriptural lens. Mm. So <clears throat> I don't know of any preacher in the whole world who does this, but scripture says, um, and I have to look it up. But but a workman is worthy of double honor. Uh, yeah. Let me find the exact. So essentially what they're saying is the the priests and the pastors that 
they we should be looking at honestly paying them double what what is normal. Let me look it up. Yeah, I was gonna say write that down. Let's submit that in somewhere, you know. Um so it's a New Testament, first Timothy 517. Mm. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. And so the NIV says, elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Well, that is not the philosophy of the average American churchgoer. Yeah. And I don't know why that comes, what that comes from or why. Now, listen, this is not me venting about what I pay or what I'm paid or anything like that. Cause the church has been good to me. I'm just talking about that culture thing. Yeah, no, it is. If I show up with a new car next week, there would be some people who whispered about it. Right. And, but, but, but yeah, I just don't necessarily, I don't, I don't think that's right. And, um, and there are, for me, like, there are some preachers who have private jets and things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. There are some preachers, like I can think of one preacher. He's got like a, a 27,000 square foot home. Um, 27, oh, that's like horrible to clean. Obviously, he doesn't clean it. He but. obviously doesn't <laughs> yeah. clean it. It's him it's and his three kids Wow, um, and his wife. Um, but that's not for me to be jealous of. Right to judge because guess what? I don't have to. God's the judger. Right. God's the one who determines if I was on his board, you know, there were maybe some things I'd communicate. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but that's fine. I I, I remember um, one pastor in Australia, he just kept getting on the news and people were attacking what he was getting paid. Well, He's getting paid, I'm trying to remember, it was like $187,000, which which seems like astronomical to us, except he had a church staff of 500 people. So what is this, what is um, someone who, so that's staff. So someone who's leading a company with 500 employees, what do they make? Well, they make more than $187,000. That's true. So yeah, they're making... 900, 800,000, 1.1 million, if they've got that many employees. So this guy's right. making a tenth of that. Um, so you have to you have to look at things that way. Yeah. Um, Which really, I mean, the, and the other way, in kind of in the other way is how you're saying, like, to look at our, to look at even ourselves, like, I'm rich. Like, when you talk through that, it's like, to try and put those things into perspective, so not looking at other people and being like, oh, they make so much more or whatever, but but seeing in the grand perspective. You know what I saw is a, someone did a statistic. They did a study across like Christianity in general, and this probably has nothing to do with <laughs> with the message. But I thought about it when you were talking about the I'm rich and how in America, you know, where our culture is vastly different. They went through like a, across the world. um. They were trying to average out, like, what is the average Christian? Like, what does that look like? And this is outside of America in in 
you know, third world countries and all this, they kind of work through the average. And the only way they could describe it is like the average Christian is, um, it's like unfathomably, I can't say the word, poor. And they work through like in all these other countries um, because there's so many other Christians getting saved in Africa and in China and, and all these different things like in these other countries like the average Christian is very, very poor. But then when you look at America, like how different the culture is, like we, we hold quite a bit of the, of the of the power of the money and all that. I just thought it was interesting that like when you, when you span it out like that, like we really have a totally different lifestyle here to look at. Yeah. Which, which I did say American Americans have half the world's wealth. I did say yeah. that in my, my message and so then which was the key to the next part so if i'm rich then that second part is well i'm responsible right god's called god's calling christians to go into all the world to send missionaries to fund to care for the orphan the poor well who's he asking to do that he's asking all of us to do it but there is a higher impetus on those who are rich right and so there's a responsibility for every individual to participate in this. Um, And that doesn't mean that we need to be poor ourselves because that's not scriptural either. Right. Just means that we do exactly what God's calling us to do and nothing less. And then we've talked about this before. Our prayer is even asking God, would you give me opportunity to do even more? God, I think I, I, I think I'd like to do more if you, if you would ask me to. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. I remember like, oh, sorry, you go, Michelle. Are you sure? Yes. I'm going to change the subject. (laughs) That's great. Okay. My favorite point was that I'm rewarded and like Mm. looking at it in a different way of like, okay, I've done this. God, what are you going to do for me? But like, I'm going to give and then the reward I might never see and that's okay. Or, you know, the reward might be my kids watching me, which we've seen time and time again in our children. Um, yeah. Like even Benaya, he gets his paycheck. He goes to the app. He ties, and he's fourteen. He's fourteen years old. So like good. it's amazing to me. Um, and he rounds up, which made me laugh because I was like, "Oh yeah, you give this much, and you can just type it in that much." And he goes, "Oh," and he like rounded up to the next dollar. I'm like, "Oh, you're a round up tither." Um, <laughs> but it's just like That's that good. faithfulness of God. I'm gonna do what you've called me to the reward of watching my kids walk in that is 10 times greater than anything I think God could ever really give me. I mean, if he wants to plop a cow down on my property, that's fine. But um, watching my kids like understand giving to others and giving to God is like just amazing to me. Yeah. You guys have a, a lot of really cool stories about that. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but you guys both shared. Um, was it? Was it? Was it Asher's when he got his giving uh, statement? Yeah, yep. like he got his, that yeah, was shared at, at a kingdom builders. Dinner. Yeah, he got his uh, giving statement. I don't know what was it three hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, I was a lot for an eight year old or however old yeah. it was, but he got it and then he asked for tape and then he taped it up next to his video game station as like a look at what God did or look at like what we did together. And he was so proud. And then that next year, which was this past year, 
was they really buckled down on like, let's make soap and sell puppies and sell eggs and sell chickens and do all these things. And I mean, I don't mean that over $16,000. It's crazy. It got doubled. So, I mean, someone matched them, right? Which was another miracle (laughs) for them was they wanted to do more. Like they wanted to hit 20,000. And I'm like, guys, you did, we've done amazing this year. This is unbelievable. And, um, Pastor Travis was talking with someone out West maybe. Um, and he heard about it and he matched their giving. And so wow. I'm like, see, you did what God called you to do. And then God finished the rest. And like, yeah. that was amazing. And so, That's so it's cool. like, you wanted 20,000. He, he got you up to 32. Like, yeah. Which is amazing. I just, like, I just love the fact that like the reward in itself was seeing like forgiving was seeing that he gave and like, that was the reward for him that one, that one time. Yeah, and, so and even proud. now, like the reward is how much can I give? I want to set this record. Like that's just so fun. It's so and cool. And the reward too, right? Which was the rest of the Kasim story. So you inspire someone else as a reward in that. They begin yeah. to be generous as a reward in that. But then the reward of a changed life, which was, which was that point that Jesus was making when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home, giving leads mm-hmm. others to salvation. And then Kasim, again, who I've known for 10 years, but for the first time, he says, he calls me Baba. Yeah. Dad. And that... How did you hold it together? Did well, you, did he, you when he jumped on me... When he jumped on me, he smashed his head against my face, oh. and he w- did weigh 170 pounds. So I was very startled that he jumped on me. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on, um, but certainly holding it together as I retell the story was right was hard. Yeah, it definitely made me tear up. Like he felt so cared for. Yeah, and you so know what, Kasim, Kasim, and. Uh, MJ and Benaya, three of the guys who live in that apartment, they don't think they have less because they look at other guys who are living with even less than they do. Yeah. And they're tithing at their church and and giving and serving. And yeah, they, they're, they're not living with a handout. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. They're, they're still looking to and give. And it's a life change, right? They get to see that year after year. And now as adults, they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, Alicia. All right. He, I, I mentioned him. He's yep. married. He has a baby. They live in that in a, another one room apartment. Mm-hmm. He's raising his nephew. Um, so it's the, the three of them plus their nephew. I wish I could remember his name now. Um, Joshua. And he is eight years old, I think. And both his parents died. So now Alicia, from his place of giving and generosity, he's feeding another mouth, raising another kid. Wow. Um, and, and changing that kid's life. And that boy, that eight-year-old boy, both his parents were poisoned. That's how they died. That's awful. Yeah. Wow. So that was Alicia's sister and brother-in-law. Oh, my goodness. But So they're taking and raising that kid. That's amazing. That's the reward. Like, that's the blessing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Being lives change. 
Um, seeing people sign up for water baptism on Sunday, seeing people, mm-hmm. you talked about, uh, um, I don't know how old he is, but a mid 20s, 20 year old man crying through service a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. What, what did he say to you? Um, oh, just, just the, the, I've never, I've never been a part of anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. I don't know why I can't hold it together. Um, but I want to keep coming back. Like that was, that was really kind of talking through it. Seeing that stuff. I got an email from, from a friend, a podcast listener, (laughs) church attender who during the Thai Buckingham service, all of a sudden God changed something in her life that's been there since she was a little girl. Mm. Oh man, that's the reward. Yeah, absolutely. That's the reward. You know, God does all kinds of tangible physical blessings as well. Yeah. you know, as we've given more, our income has increased. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, our our physical needs have been met. Um, but that is not the reward for me. Yeah. I really appreciate that God does that. And, it, and I worship him for it. And I give thanks to him for it. But I'm not like, like yes, it was so worth it. I gave and now... <laughs> Michelle got a raise. Yes. Like that's so stupid. Yeah. It's so, you're missing it. You're missing out on, on, right. on, the, on the better things. Right. You're missing out on the real rewards. So cool. All right. Well, sir, yeah, you I think any, we've been talking uh, for like three hours. Yeah. Probably around there. Uh, do you have any book recommendations or podcast recommendations for this topic? Um, I'm trying to remember what I've talked about this podcast. Uh, yeah, we're getting to a point where it's hard to remember. We needed to catalog I, that. And I had a well, I had a meeting with you earlier today, and I can't remember what I talked about at All Staff last night or this podcast or this morning. <laughs> so, I, I feel like if people are trying to understand how God wants you to function with money, Dave Ramsey's classes was yeah. Good for me. I don't know if we still promote it, but I think we do. No, we're, um, we're, gonna we're be running it at every location yeah. again this year. I think it's so valuable to fall. get in and reshift how you function with your money yeah. and how God wants you to function with your money because, you know, not everyone had a mom that gave you a dollar and told you to give a dime. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So how are you supposed to know? If you yeah, financial learned? peace, which will be happening in the fall. Yeah. I, I think if you've never taken it, you need to take it. Um. Uh, Dave Ramsey also just spoke at River Valley Church a couple of weeks ago. So you could watch that sermon. And yeah. then he was on their podcast, the Talking Church podcast uh, with Logan Ketterling. Yeah, and you could listen to that. One. So those are some recent ones. Um, I'm trying to think of, I, I probably have shared this before, but Extravagant by Brian Jarrett. And we know okay. him personally. He, he still is giving generously. They... Um, they started the Lonesome Dove Ranch, which runs summer camps for kids at risk. And oh, okay. they sold their house and put like $400,000 of their own money into purchasing this ranch mm. um, and then raised the rest of the money to buy the ranch. And so they live on the property. Wow. He's a pastor. He's a pastor in Texas. And they're also running this nonprofit. So his book is another one because he's still living it. He didn't just do it once and write a book. Like 
like they still yeah. live that. That's fantastic. That's crazy. Those are awesome. Uh, yeah. That's All right, awesome. Anything you well, want to add in? <laughs> Me or Michelle? It's hard to it's hard to know. Yeah, who you're no, talking I'm to. good. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. I think he was well, talking to you though. Oh, okay, cool. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for uh, chatting, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.